In 2014, two young Brisbane guys decided they were going to make a difference for the homeless population in Brisbane. Nick Marchese and Lucas Patchett started Orange Sky Laundry. They put two washing machines in an old van and drove around and helped clean clothes for homeless people. In doing so, they discovered the power of connection and the difference that two people with a great idea and a whole bunch of passion can make. Lucas and Nick were both named Young Australian of the Year in 2016, and I'm lucky to have Lucas Patchett on the Reset Podcast today. Welcome, Lucas. Welcome to the Reset Podcast. We've got Lucas Patchett. How are you, Lucas? Great. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. Very good, mate. These guys have started something that's that's pretty amazing. Um, Tell us a bit about Orange Sky, Lucas, and what does it do? Orange Sky is a really crazy idea between my best mate Nick and I just over five and a half years ago. Um, Up in Brisbane, we wanted to find a way to help um, people who are experiencing homelessness have access to free laundry. So and we chucked two washers, two dryers in the back of a van and just started driving around to parks and drop-in centres and washing and drying homeless people's clothes for free. Um, And that was the the basis. We initially set out with the intention of wanting to just improve the hygiene standards of the homeless, but very quickly we realised there was much more than that. It was around um, bringing people together, having conversations, forming connections, and then um, allowing, I suppose, those connections to, to lead to, to positive things. So we um, started with our one band, Sudsy in Brisbane, started getting a little bit more interest now. We've got 33 services across Australia and New Zealand and, and continually blown away with how much um, people want to get behind it and support and volunteer and, and um, be a part of part of our own sky. So now we've got 2,000 volunteers. We've got um, the 33 services at normal operations. We do um, about 250 shifts a week, um, wash and dry over 10 tonnes of laundry, provide about 150 safe hot showers, but most importantly, about 1,500 hours of genuine and non-judgmental conversation that um, yeah, started with this little crazy idea you know, just over five years ago here in Brizzy. Tell us about those first couple of times just going out there in, in the vans. Like, were people like, you know, what the hell are you doing? How, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nick, Nick and I, we, um, you know, dreamt up this idea and we convinced the company to give us some washing machines and we thought, yeah, this is kind of got some legs. We think this might work. So we spent a couple of weekends fitting this van out and um, Nick owned, owned this old van. So once we had the washing machines donated, we kind of had the key parts to make it make it work. So sort of put it all together, made it look okay, and then said, you know, let's um, let's park up alongside our old school food van. So the school we went to ran a food van. It was sort of our first experience and, and um, had our eyes open to homelessness at a really, really early age. So we... So you um, were, what, six, 18, 16? How old were you at the time? Um, 20, 20. So a couple of years out of school, we just kind of had this opportunity throughout school in the younger years to participate in this food van but um left that behind as we went into uni and work and things got in the way but then um you know decided to just give it a crack crack one day so had the van had the washing machines fitted all together um and we're like well there's not that much point testing it you know next place we might as well take it take it out in the street so we drove down took the took the van to the park <clears throat> set up everyone's sort of looking at like we didn't tell too many we sort of gave a few people a heads up but didn't really tell too many people just rocked up this bright orange van People milling around, a bit sus, like, who are you blokes? What are you guys doing? Are you, you know, going to make a sign up for something or what's the cost of this or how does this, how does this kind of work? Do I get a free Bible with every, every yeah. you know, load of clothes yeah. washed? Yeah. Is there a, you know, is there a religion? What church are you from? All these sorts of questions. And yeah. Nick and I were just like, oh, we're just giving this a crack. We're seeing, seeing how it goes. And, and um, I remember the first morning 
sort of setting everything up. This guy by the name of Jordan was there, had a couple of T-shirts, a couple of pairs of boardies in his backpack, and he loaded it all up. I sort of fired everything up and flicked this switch and then heard this massive bang. Uh, that didn't sound right. And <laughs> okay. It turns out we'd, we'd broken both the machines. So it's like, oh, you know, crap back. Not sure if this what went wrong. Convinced this company to give us a couple more machines. Fitted everything out again. Hit the streets again the next morning. And the exact same thing happened. Jordan was there. Machines blew up. I'm like, all of a sudden we had these moments of, you know, is this something that's going to work? Is this something that people, you know, um, we were starting to prove that people were interested in it and people were um, going to use it. Um, so we were kind of determined to make this make this work. So called up this company that gave us the machines, convinced them to give us a couple more um, after a bit of begging and pleading and some some wicked negotiating and, and then um, hit the streets again the next morning, made some adjustments. We are putting too much water in, weren't converting the power correctly and then... Um, yeah, hit the streets again the next morning, same time, same park, same place, rocked up, <clears throat> and there was Jordan. It was like this guy, you know, maybe late 20s, he um, trusted us once again with his only possessions in the world. And I remember thinking like, you know, this guy was like a couple of mornings in a row, we've really let him down. And we've been added to that long list of people that throughout his life had really let Jordan down. And, and um, so they loaded everything up, chucked it all on, it worked finally, so it took a massive sigh of relief. But then we had this moment where we kind of looked around and it was like, well, what do we do now? And at that point, you know, Jordan and I just started having a chat. And Jordan went to school just up the road from me. He studied the exact same degree as me at the same university that I was studying. He'd worked as an engineer for some big firms around Brisbane. And then he fell in some tough times, became disconnected from his family and from his community. And then all of a sudden found himself sleeping on the streets. And I can remember thinking... You know, this guy's literally me in eight or nine years' time, and, and how can this be? And, and that really first wash, um, I think, fueled us on so much more following that. In that one, Jordan had been willing to trust us, you know, even after we'd let him down a couple of times, and we really didn't want to let him down. But also the simple thing of chucking someone's washing on, but then that opportunity to connect and had a massive impact on me. Hopefully, had a, a big impact on Jordan as well. And, and then that was kind of the aha moment of saying well maybe this isn't just about hygiene maybe this is about um, something bigger and something something more and and that's really um, yeah the first morning was um, well the first couple of mornings after a few trials and tribulations was you know one of the things I look back on most in you know how um, big of an impact that had an orange guy in total yeah it is it is as someone that's I've been doing orange guy for about four or five years now um, it's something that the, the conversations that you have are amazing how just the way that our friends on the street have a community that's just so selfless and so giving and they're, they're kind of a little bit like siblings I've found. They kind of, they'll, they'll fight and squabble with each other but they've also got each other's backs. Do you, do you find that in a lot of the times when you're on shifts? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, I think every shift it's a really cool opportunity that all different people from all walks of life can come together and um, find someone to connect with. And that's, you know, people who are doing it tough. That's people who are volunteers like yourself. It's you know, our youngest volunteer, 18 in Brisbane, and our oldest volunteer is 83, I think. Um, wow. So, And everyone across that spectrum as well. You've got young professionals, you've got working professionals, you've got um, young parents, you've got you know, grandparents and retirees, and, and this whole spectrum of um, interesting different backgrounds and demographics and 
things all are connected through this um, thing called Orange Sky. And I was, in, I was on shift last week and um, had a couple of uni students there, 19, 21, um, a retiree who was probably late late 50s and then um, someone you know, right in the middle of their, their nursing career at a, a, a late 20s age. And, and I, was, I was kind of looking around like, these people normally, these four people have sort of become really good friends over the last month in volunteering throughout COVID, but otherwise without this Orange Sky thing would never have found that. And then mm. you put the layer of that of, of friends coming and using the service as well and forming those connections and um, having new people and having older people. It's um, it's a pretty special special environment and definitely from a from a friend's perspective, there's, um, there's definitely good banter, definitely good squabbling that happens, but I think um, there's also a genuine want to look out for each other and support each other they well. really do and even even things like the selflessness of a lot of our friends on the street like you might you know, we bought a, a bag of clothes that we sort of you know clothes that we didn't need anymore and no one would ever take more than sort of one of anything they were all like you know most people in today's society if they can get stuff for free they're going to take whatever they can you beauty let, let's go but it was amazing to watch that. No, nah, someone else might need that. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take you know one t-shirt or one jumper or whatever it was. And there, there is a real sort of selflessness about a lot of them. They really do look after everyone else, which is a, which is a, a lovely trait and one that you probably wouldn't expect. You'd think that I, I know for myself, if I was in that sort of situation, I'd be scared and I'd be looking after me a lot more than than they seem to. And it's, it's a, it's an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it is amazing, amazing thing like happened in those in those little communities as they pop up. Yeah, is there any any one particular story about of you know we don't need names or anything, but some someone that you met on the street that you you've seen some transformations and you've seen some you know pretty crazy things over the years. Is there any, any of them you'd, you'd like to share with us? Yes, yeah, there's, there's a couple that really stick out. I think um, for me, there's a, a young lady over in Perth who. It was 2025 when we first met her um, and she came down, chucked some washing on, had a shower and, and she had been homeless since she was 15 and she was you know, doing really, really tough and um, living with her, her partner but had been sort of kicked out when she was quite young from, from her family family home and, and that uh, um, we met her a couple of months before Christmas, I think, and we were talking to her and, and videoing her about um, you know what it's like doing it tough and especially over this sort of holiday period that's all about family and connection and, and all these sorts of things. And she shared, you know, it was how hard it was in seeing people hanging out on the beach and you know, having that family time when she, she really missed that and hadn't had that for, hadn't even spoken to her family in a number of years. So um, really missed that opportunity to connect. And we were partnered up with, the, um, with the, a big sort of religious-based organisation at that specific site in Perth and, and um, after a few weeks of coming down, um, she'd gone in and got connected inside with some people who'd eventually helped her get housing. And um, so her, that connection that came through Orange Sky, transitioned into the service provider that we were partnered with and then I found herself in, in housing. And I can remember about probably six weeks later after we'd met her, I'm um, getting a really excited call from our team over in Perth saying, you know, you know guys, Lizzie's got, Lizzie's got housing. She's uh, moved off the streets and she... It's going to be her first first Christmas, you know, with a roof overhead in ten years, and and um, yeah, just wow. the the genuine care that um, the team was showing, but also that that really simple connection that can happen just through um, being there, forming those relationships, forming those friendships, and then 
I'm helping to transition people and, and helping to support people. So there's lucky that um, amazing, I think, that there's sort of 1,500 hours of conversation that take place across Australia every week and in a normal normal week and um, and then and how that, um, like you've got your own experiences and your own stories and there's um, you know, that times 1,500 um, each week, which is a pretty cool cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, it is pretty good. I remember meeting one guy, um, this bloke called Dave. He used to come with his little staffy dog every day and most gorgeous dog, really good bloke, and really, really articulate, sort of spoke beautifully. He was, you know, he was probably wouldn't have been 30, all right, and he'd, he'd, he'd got into a bit of trouble with ice and, and a few things like that and, and was, was sleeping rough for a bit. And, he, you know, he was a qualified painter and things like that and, he just he just couldn't get over the almost the sort of shame he felt from being the stigma associated with having you know had the the drug addiction and then then sleeping rough and just trying to to get out of that I think was the hardest bit that and that the thing you're saying about Lizzie finding her house and all of a sudden that from going from washing clothes and having a chat to being that conduit to the other services which will get people homes and stuff like that is a it's an amazing thing that you must be super proud of yourself and Nick to have started something that that's giving that conduit in the society. Yeah, definitely, and something that we um, lucked out in a lot of senses of just sort of finding this. As I said before, focuses purely on um, improving hygiene standards, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know, people can't do anything while the washing's on. It takes about an hour, so you sit have a yarn, and then what happens over that? time if you're regular and reliable is that you build up those relationships and then you can be that conduit because the common thing i think there is no common thing with homelessness the the only common thing is that it's incredibly complex yeah 116,000 people in australia everyone's got a unique story and background and challenges and and things that they need to overcome to 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 walk through it And, and that has to start with relationships with genuine care and with friendships um before you can come in and say, hey, this is wrong with you, you need to go over here and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a very um, bit, of, bit of a different way for us to look at it, but it's purely come out of, oh, this is a kind of a cool idea, take some time, and we've got you know, awesome people like yourself who are volunteering and, and making it happen every week. But it, it's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing to sort of like, I walk down the streets all the time and run, in, run into friends that I've known from Orange Sky, um, both you know, both volunteers and, and friends from the street. And it, they're always so happy to see you and they're, you know, I, you run into them a lot and it, it's really good fun. I know, I know I've seen my staff members, I've been sitting on, on the ground while, you know, one of the guys is charging his phone near the, near the lifts at our shopping centre. And they're like, what are you sitting down there next to a homeless person for? And it's like, that's not a homeless, it might be homeless, but it's me, mate Mick, and we just had a chat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's good. You really do yeah, it's it's amazing the connections that you make with people that you would never you would never even see because homeless people they they can be a little bit invisible in society and almost by design. Which yeah, um, absolutely. Um, tell us about because yourself and and um, Nick got Young Australian of the Year a couple of years ago. Tell me about the experience of that year because that must have been pretty hectic as well, was it? Yeah, it's definitely wild. Like we, towards the end of 2015, they told us we'd be nominated. We're like, oh, it's kind of cool. We had um, four bands going. We had, you know, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, another one in, in Victoria. And we're like, oh, you know, we're, we're doing okay. We're sort of branching out a little bit. We'd started to um, 
I suppose yeah, expand and get a bit more interest from 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 my own sky. And yeah, got the got the email. Hey, you've been nominated. You have to go to the Queensland Awards. I'm like, oh, kind of having a laugh. And you know, Nick and I don't put collars on too often, but we put, put collared shirts on for for once. And um, went down to the awards. Ended up being named that evening. Um, and we're like, oh, cool. What does that mean? So that that meant we go to Canberra for the national awards in Australia Day, and, and that sort of. And Nick and I were having a laugh the whole time, being like, you know, not sure, you know, even while we're in this in this thing, there's all these incredible people as part of it, and we're just, you know, two two blokes who are running a couple of vans across the country and, and giving it a giving it a red hot crack, and and um, yeah, the the night on the night before Australia Day, rather than 2016, we were announced, um, yeah, yeah, Young Australians of the Year, and and that what it did was. I suppose blew us away, but also um, sent us sent Orange Guy into this mass. We talk about it being like this spin cycle. Is that yeah. we started four four vans, two hundred and fifty odd volunteers. We ended the year with nearly triple that, eleven vans and about seven hundred volunteers. So we were on a trajectory of growth. We were sort of doing doing bits and pieces, but all of a sudden we had all this focus and all this attention on on Orange Guy. But but the cool thing as well was on homelessness in general. So that was a, a really cool platform to speak out about homelessness to influence. Um, influence things but also for orange sky to, to grow and, and capture some some of that momentum which then set us on the trajectory to, to where we got to um today as well so yeah, it was a really cool opportunity we'd still look back and are blown away by how and why we were when named but i'm definitely incredibly grateful and, and humbled by the um, the chance and the opportunity to to do it because there's also a bit of talk of like looking into the future like that that's been a from from four back in 2016 to like 32 now. And obviously you've probably got some more coming in Australia as well. Some yeah. So yeah, well, you're looking to open up. Yeah. Looking to once, um, once things subside with what's happening at the moment. But yeah. And there was also before all this COVID-19 stuff, there was also a bit of talk of you going to the States. And is that, is that something that's still on your radar? Obviously yeah, so we, a little bit now, but. Yeah. So we, we 18 months ago expanded into the, the into New Zealand, so um, that was sort of our first foray into international expansion. And technically, we've got two countries operating now, which is which is a cool spot mm-hmm. to be in. But um, we, what that was, was essentially to look at um, how do we start to do that from an international perspective. What sort of and take the learnings from that. So, um, in terms of setting up setting up a whole new entity, getting vans over there, um, setting setting up from a volunteering perspective. Um, incorporating cultural differences, all, all these sorts of things that um, we use in New Zealand as a bit of a test case for that because we do. And it went, did, it went well? It went incredibly well. So we've got two two vans over there in New Zealand now, one in Auckland and one in Wellington. Um, okay. A team, awesome, awesome, similar to here, awesome team and, and awesome growth. The, the need's tremendous. So um, in Australia, per capita, it's about one in 200 people classified as homeless in new zealand is right. one in 100 so the need okay. is massive um in say auckland you've got a similar homeless population to sydney um but a city a third the size so, so it's um yeah it's a it's a big big challenge but but heaps of um yeah amazing things coming out of there from a from a volunteer and from a friend's friend's perspective and, and also from a government and a collaboration across the sector perspective so new zealand was a really good test case for us to figure out what does international expansion of Orange Sky look like? And um, because yeah, we do have intentions and and plans to to look at other places around the world. We get hit up, you know, we get between two and five emails a week from somewhere around the country, say, somewhere around the world, rather saying, 
know, when are you guys coming to the UK or to Portugal or to Africa or to um, you know, the US? And, and we'd... Those stats you're saying, like the one in 200 in Australia, one in 100 yeah. in, in um, one in 100 in New Zealand, 200 in Australia. Do you know what they are in somewhere like you know LA or Chicago or those sorts of places? Are they are they way yes. higher than that? It, yeah, it's counted slightly differently, but but in LA. And the last time I looked was a couple of years ago, so excuse if they're wrong. But um, in LA, there's about seventy thousand people who are classified as homeless. So um, about two—that's about two thirds of the Australian homeless population. Yeah. Just in there's just about one hundred and twenty so. in Australia. Yeah, one hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so it's sort of yeah, um, that's an MCG full of people. Then a few waiting to get in. That's that's a lot yeah. of people that don't have somewhere to live, isn't it? Yeah, it's class, classified slightly different in, in the states in that. Um, in Australia, it incorporates everyone who's in crisis accommodation and, and shelters and, and all that sort of thing. I think that 70,000 is, is people more in cars and tents and, and on the streets. Um, so yeah, it's I a massive – and I've, I've spent a bit of time in the States on on a, a van that provides showers for people um, in, mm-hmm. in LA, actually, and then that was a, a really eye-opening experience for just the yeah, – everything's bigger in America, but just the scale and the scope and the, the um, challenges that that would present. Um, so, yeah, we're – the biggest thing for us internationally is making sure that you know, Orange Sky Australia and New Zealand can continue to operate and be successful and Orange, Orange Sky or whatever it's called in the USA doesn't affect that negatively and, and we're, yeah. once we're, until we're confident that we can do that, we're, we're not going to go. So, um, And then, well, as is, you mentioned, with, with the current it scenario, be, it's um, you know, making that more and more difficult as well. Yeah. It would be biting off a lot, wouldn't it? It, it's, it would just be like... The amount of homelessness they have there, and they also America has that sort of meritocracy as well. They kind of have this, you know, if you work hard enough and you're smart enough, you'll get to the top. And you know, a meritocracy by by the same token, if you're not, then you're going to get to the bottom. And I think they're perhaps not quite as, um, you know, open to helping perhaps as what we are here. Would you? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think the you know, cultural differences across across any country, but um, yeah, I think it sums up pretty well there. Yeah, but um, so if someone wanted to be involved with Orange Sky, what what's our best way to go? Both in terms of donating, because obviously you're always trying to get more money, because these these um vans they're expensive and you know they take a lot to run, and also to volunteers. Where where would be our best place to go? Absolutely. So um, all on our website, orangesky.org.au, you can find out info, more info about Orange Sky. You can um, jump online and, and volunteer and join a shift near you. Find out. Um, the map of Australia and, and where we operate as well, and then uh, to, to jump on and be a volunteer. So it all happens through the website, all the info, and, and heaps, heaps of stories and, and stuff up there as well. And I'll, I'll pop the, the link in the show notes as well. So Awesome. But, Lucas, thank you very much. It's been really good talking to you. Um, it's, it's nice to finally put a, a voice and a face to it um, and continue the good work, mate. You're doing some wonderful stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.